I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host, at NFL on Twitter, and of course, follow the group. <laughs> Sorry, Ryan, I'm keeping the intro, I'm not doing it again. We just, the stuff what? that said pre-pod, is just ridiculous. And I can't keep a straight face, and I don't care anymore, I'm not doing it again. How are you? Oh, so that is the start that's, of the pod, is it? That's actually the start of the podcast. What is going on? Okay, because yeah, we do like to uh, deliver a professional product to our listeners, and uh, that's yeah. it. So uh, Steve looks like he's had a mental breakdown, everybody, but we'll, 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 try and, we'll try and get through this as best we can. This has been, well, we thought we started with a tough week with the quarterbacks, did we not? Yeah. We have a tougher, t- tougher task this week with the DL. Um so for those of you that for some reason didn't listen last week, we've had to obviously started a new Thursday night series, mm-hmm. um, a series of sort of quick pods. Although you'll know if you've listened to me and Steve now for a little while that every time we say we're doing a quick pod an hour later, you are still listening. Um, <laughs> but we'll see what we can do about that. So the idea was we'd do some quick pods and we'd look at players of the past and we'd tie that into doing an all-time Packers team as picked by not just myself and Steve, but the listeners at home. Uh, via doing polls on Twitter and Facebook and all the rest. Okay, so last week we did quarterbacks, which turned out to be incredibly difficult, and we started Bart Starr, mm-hmm. and uh, don't know how, but we ended up with Aaron Rodgers third behind Starr and Favre. Rodgers on the practice squad, um, but that's how it goes. So it's pretty tough, and we found it just as tough this week, haven't we, Steve, with the defensive line? Yeah, I thought this would be easy. I mean, some of them were easy, don't get me wrong. But then the other ones, I was like... Ugh. And then, Ryan. Uh, are we going 3-4-D? 4-3-D? Well, I mean, that... Because, look, I've got lads that I had, right, that he's a lock. Okay, now, he's definitely a lock. And then I'm like, right, are we going nose tackle or are we going two defensive tackles instead? What did you do? Well, originally, I looked at it as just any four defensive linemen. And then, obviously, we were talking, and then we said, should we? We should actually line them up in their correct positions. Mm-hmm. So we should actually pick a D end, a defensive tackle, uh, but a D end a left and right. Of course, if we do that, then that that starts to really limit that option, knocks yeah. out some people almost straight away. And yeah. so it got very difficult doing that. So I don't know. Look, when when we first did it, and um, for those of you that ever want to review the team, if you go to our website to www.ukpackers.com uk um you will find a little i don't know why i did it in that voice sorry yeah, we're, just just obviously just obviously late and tired yeah. um if you go there there is a little tab on there uh under podcast you hover over that go down and you'll see the all-time team at this point it's only got one player but when we mocked it up i, I knocked it a three four defense because basically that's what we are at the moment hmm. um but i don't know why what are you saying you want to switch back go pre-capers days go back to a go back to a four three Go traditional. I don't know. Let's hash it out. Let's go through the players. And if we want to, if we're talking about Big D and we want to squeeze another one in, I reckon that we should probably change it to 4 3. What do you think? But come here to me. Um, what makes this an off lot harder is, is where are we going to put Henry Winter? Look, <laughs> yeah. So. Tell the people. Basically, I'm going on. Right, so I'm going on holiday tomorrow. So today, this week at work has been that week where you suddenly go, Jesus, I've got to actually hand over a whole bunch of stuff to make sure it's actually done while I'm away. So when I come back, I don't have a nightmare. And so today I was doing that and I had to get the polls out on time. I put it out on Facebook, 
The Facebook post, not a problem. You never get any feedback, do you, when things are going well. The Twitter one, um, there was a slight mistake. Uh, and, yeah. So I ended up putting in Henry Winter instead of Henry Jordan, uh, which was interesting. Um, I think Henry Winter writes a sports column in either the Telegraph or the Times or something. Pretty sure he's on one of the uh, Sunday supplement programs on, on Sky Sports or something like that. Um, so I don't know. I put in Henry Winter. Do you want to know the best thing about putting Henry Winter accidentally on, into our Twitter poll? Four percent of our four percent got the votes, and he's not even a Packers player. So, but what I like to think is that our followers actually looked at that and went, "Rah, bless him. He's had a hard day. He means Henry Jordan." I don't think so. I do you know what? There's a few things that are upsetting about it. One is the fact that you wrote Henry Winter, right? Number two is because he isn't a Packers player, but number two is that he's tying currently with Willie Davis, who is... I know. Because, you know, we're going to talk about him in a little bit later. Absolute legend. Probably the best D-lineman. But anyway, Willie Davis, uh, vote on 4%. We've had 191 votes so far. And people are voting the same as Willie Davis, which means seven to eight people out there selected Henry Winter. Ryan, that proves to me that we have eight... Packer hipsters following us who go oh Quite Henry possibly. Winter totally underrated not many people would pick him great player great player you know doesn't get a mention unless, a lot unless of yeah. course Henry Winter actually is a player that not many of us heard about and he, he is amazing yeah I don't know but yeah so who did our fans vote for who did they go for let's let's answer that question because last week we in our first ever week when we said we would involve the fans and we would we would take on their opinion and mm. You know, make them feel absolutely as important. You know, they are important, but they are important in the decision made in the all packing. And then we ignored them, and we said, "Oh, don't care. We're picking our own player." So we ignored them the first week. So who have they gone with this week? Well, Ryan, it's like any workplace. You know, you take the uh, opinion of the masses, and then you just ignore it and do what you want anyway. Um, this week, we're happy to know Reggie White came in with seventy nine percent of the vote, and he, what was he? He was knocking the mid eighties, uh, and then he went down to seventy nine, sort of balanced it out a bit. You know, once all the hipsters decided that they want Henry Winter to get a spot on the team, uh, Reggie White went down. Uh, right now, we can't argue with this one, can we? No, I think uh, I think to be fair, when we when we said about this team last week, and when we said about what position we were selecting, we said there may be a certain ninety-two almost already on the uh, mm. team sheet, and it seems that they, our fans, will go that way. I mean, do we do we just plug him in now? Is there really any point in debating Reggie White? I mean, are we certain we're putting him in? Yeah, we put him in. Uh, maybe just reminisce about how much we love the guy. I mean. Yeah, why not? You know, starts off kind of weird. He comes out of college, uh, goes into the USFL with the Memphis Showboats. Uh, you know, obviously a favorite team Great of name. yourself and Mike and, and Lee going back in the day. Not. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Massive yeah. fan. Yeah, but went over to the Eagles. He kind of he was an unknown entity to a degree. Now a lot of people that have played against him in college had said, "Watch out for this dude." Uh, went over to the Eagles and just completely dominated. You know, he, he was the NFC Defensive Rookie of the Year. And just just blew up completely when he went in uh, with the Eagles. But then, of course, we all know that story about Mike Holmgren bringing him over to the Packers with that hole because Reggie being phone call. a minister. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was classy, wasn't it? But right when he when he hit the Packers, then um, I mean, just Jesus. 
I don't know. He's one of your favourites, right? Now, I know Campman is a guy that we're going to have to speak about solely because that's one of the jerseys that I always remember you having one of the first times I met you. I think you were going around with the Campman jersey. But Reggie yeah. White, uh, can you give us a feeling of what he meant to you watching him? And, I mean, just awe-inspiring, really, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately for me, I think I picked up the Packers, as I said before, in about 2000. So Reggie White was just before I started actually watching them on TV and so mm. on. Um, so I unfortunately sort of missed him. Um, but we've all seen America's game and, and so on. And, uh, you know, sort of looking at the 96 team, everybody's heard the stories, uh, as you say, the phone call of, uh, you know, I can't remember the exact words, but this is God's sign for the Packers, wasn't it? It was something as simple as that. Um, you know, everybody's heard about it. Everyone knows what a what a what a figure he was off the field, what a leader he was on it. He, he was with the Packers from 93 to 98, I think, played in 95 games. Uh, you know, it was just a massive force on the field. I think 68 and a half sacks. Because um, I'll be honest with you, when when I did this, uh, just, just to quickly go away from him and just back to the general, when I did this, I just went, well, defensive line, what do we want from defensive line? You want sacks. So I just looked at a sack list. We'll find out later why that, that theory was flawed from the start. Um, but yeah, Reggie White, I think currently third on the sack list. Um, but yeah, I mean, two Super Bowl appearances, winning the 96 one versus the Patriots. He's on the 90s all decade team, uh, defensive player of the year in 1998. Um, and he's in the Packers Hall of Fame and the NFL Hall of Fame. I mean, this isn't a guy we particularly need to sell, as is it? Or, uh, mm. You know, we'd be, and we'd be pretty. We might as well just shut the account down now if we if we went away from this guy. Yeah, big time. Uh, Tennessee Volunteers number ninety two retired. Green Bay Packers number ninety two retired. Philadelphia Eagles number ninety two retired. That's three teams that are after retiring a guy's jersey. Like you've ran through the stats, they're a thirteen time Pro Bowler from eighty six yeah, to ninety eight. Like SEC Player of the Year. Uh, he was on the eighties All Decade Team as well. The seventy fifth anniversary All Time Team. Uh, they did a poll ages ago, and I think I mentioned this when we were talking about Bart Starr, Brett Favre. He comes in number seven all time for all players. So, you know, to, to put a guy in, to plug him in at number seven ahead of some of the most dominant quarterbacks in the game, to say that he was number seven all time. I mean, what an impact that he had. Again, it kind of feels like he played in an era that we did watch because his legacy is so strong. I, I don't know if that sounds dumb. But like when I think about the you know the all-time defensive greats in the game in general, Reggie White's name comes up. Mm-hmm. Um, like if you look at his salary when he started with the Eagles, you know four-year deal, one point eight five million, which was nothing. And then when he went across to the Packers, then I think it was something like fourteen million. I think I remember reading, you know, um, seven seventeen million uh, when he yeah, went to the I Packers. Would... Just so would you would you say he was the possibly the best ever free agent signing for the Packers? I think so. I think in the story of how he got there and also in the impact that he instantly had when he did get there sure. um, is is just amazing. I mean, you know, and he'd been... The weird thing was, is like, especially for little old Green Bay, like this is back at a time where, you know, we couldn't get the big signings. And in fact, we're, um, we're going over to Green Bay for the Seattle game and uh, one of our sort of tour guides over there uh, did the trolley tour, the... F- the second year that we went over so when I went over with the lads she's a lovely yeah. lovely woman um, but she was Mike Holmgren's secretary right 
and she was telling the story that Mike Holmgren versed everybody in the building when Reggie White was coming up for like an interview to meet to see if he wanted to join the team and he told her and everybody else Reggie's going to be here he's going to be sitting in the office do not talk to him about the weather don't bring it up don't mention it it's a bad point of this whole thing and she says it was pissing down snow and Reggie was sitting in the in the waiting room and like what do you say to him or whatever and she said the one thing she had to keep avoiding which was the the elephant in the room was just how crappy the weather was and I just love that story that you know this guy he's made it all the way up he's found the story humorous he's you know Mike Holmgren's pretended he's been God on his voicemail which is a risk like to a guy who's devout you know a guy who's pretty religious he's a minister for God's sake um you know just ridiculous but Ryan I know that you're a bit of a, uh, they, they call you JJ Swat uh, when you're on the team for the Spartans. And interestingly enough, uh, Reggie in 1991 set the record for the most passes defended in a single season uh, with 13. And it was only broken since by JJ Watt, who got the name JJ Swat. So again, you know, they always thought that JJ, uh, when he came into the league, you know, JJ Swat, that's why it was such a big buzz about it. Because he'd get his hands up like a forest, you know, to slap that ball down at the line of scrimmage when really Reggie was doing it all that time ago and it, it's just yeah. great to see you know yeah it was a great I think I think we've, we've put him in there he's there um, probably the other guy like as you mentioned Aaron Campman um, I just want to give him a, if you like an honourable mention because he is a guy that I was lucky enough to watch play and uh, he was probably the first guy on defence back then for me um, who sort of I took a real interest in because he was just excitement all the time. Yeah. Um, I mean, sacks-wise, he was always in the backfield. He was always hitting somebody. He was always ripping down a quarterback. He was. He just seemed to be everywhere mm. all the time. Um, you know, I think I like the fact that he wore 74 uh, because it was a bit different to the other defensive. I just felt he stood out, whether that was the number or whether that was the way he played or what it was about him, but he just stood out for me all the time. And I remember he was, as, as you said, I bought his jersey early on. Um, everybody constantly says, why have you got a Marshall Newhouse jersey? And I have to turn around and go, no, 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 it's an Aaron Camp. Um, but yeah, so look, he he played seven seasons at left defensive end, drafted in 02, uh, 54 sacks, I think, yeah, 54 sacks, the Pro Bowl in six and seven. Um, just a fantastic, somebody I absolutely loved watching. And then unfortunately, because he, play, he played D-end on a 4-3 defense, okay, um, when we switched to the 3-4, they tried to put him outside linebacker. Yeah. Now, he wasn't he wasn't terrible there, but he just didn't have the impact that he had at defensive end. He just wasn't the same player. I think then tied in as well with, a, if I remember, there was a knee injury. There was some sort of injury about that time as well. He had this sort of slightly disappointing season. And he ends up going to Jacksonville. And I think that was because, if I remember as well, Jacksonville was still playing the 4-3. So it made sense for him to go there. Um I think had we not switched to the 3-4 and we stayed a 4-3 team, you'd have stayed on the Packers. You'd have maybe seen him higher up that sack list. He's currently fifth all time. Um, and maybe, you know, he'd have spent a lot longer in Green Bay, um, depending on sort of the injuries that came afterwards. But, yeah, certainly an honourable mention for me. And somebody, you know, I'd love to put in there, but can't really put him in there at the expense of Reggie White. So, unfortunately, he misses out. Yeah, uh, as you said, it was an exciting player, a dominant player. Um Great rookie season, sort of continued it. 2006, then he signed a 21 million four-year deal. Um, and actually, he has something in common with Reggie. In 2006, I think it was, uh, he won two 
NFC Defensive Player of the Week awards. So he's the second Packer in Packer history behind Reggie White to ever win two defensive honours uh, twice mm-hmm. in the same season. So yeah, good, but definitely yeah. not at the defence of Reggie. So look, at let's stick on defensive ends then. Um, I don't think we can look past uh, one guy. Now again, he hasn't got up there with the likes of Henry Winter and all the rest. Um, <laughs> <laughs> can we just stop bringing that up again? It was an honest mistake. I was under, you know, it was a tough day. Yeah, I think um, so. Come on, another defensive end. Then who are we going for? Because I know you have a lot of love for a certain player. I know who I like, and I'm going to give him the respect that he deserves um, by reading out his name in its entirety. And I will do my best at it. Mohamed Kabir Olin Rewaju Gabaja Biamia. And hopefully that's pronounced right. But that's his full name. KGB is the easier way of saying it, but I love KGB. I also remember watching this guy early on. And I have to say, even now, I still want to get myself uh, a KGB jersey so that's the one I'm still trying to find whether that be a signed one or whether that just be one that I can wear mm. uh, maybe when I'm out in Green Bay I'll get myself one but uh, I love this guy and he was an absolute beast on the defensive line and I know I know the player because obviously as as always I have a little peek at your pre-notes when you go to make a cup of tea and uh <laughs> So I know who you've got on your list and I know why he's on your list, but I just feel this guy is unbelievable. Okay. Now going back to my theory, as I said, and this is where it kind of falls down a little bit. Mm. I thought defensive line, most sacks, there's your best guys. Yeah. And going by that theory, number one, KGB has 74 and a half sacks, 74 and a half sacks. So our other defensive end that we've just put in, Reggie White, has 68 and a half. Okay. All right. Didn't play maybe quite as many years um, for the pack, but that's what I went on was sacks. And uh, it's, it's, you know, got this, uh, I think the one one interception I had was it was a big one as well, if I remember. 72, uh, 72 yarder yeah. that he returned. Yeah. So, look, I love KGB. Uh, nine seasons, I think he played with the Packers. Um all-time leader in sacks, made the Pro Bowl only once yeah, in weird. 2003, which is an absolute travesty. So whoever was voting back then, sort it out. Your head's gone. Leave it um, out. Can we can we bring that full skip? You've gone full skip. Whoever was voting back when KGB was playing, because yeah. he should have made more than one Pro Bowl. Um, so yeah, my shout for defensive end is KGB. Yeah, but I'm going to have to tell you, Ryan, leave it out is because Willie Davis. Willie Davis has to make the squad. Born 1934. He's an old dude, still hanging about. You still see him on the odd documentary or two. But this is a dude, uh, again, defensive end. Uh, actually, I think he played on offensive line. He's one of the guys, didn't we talk about on the History Podcast, right, who was brought on by Vince Lombardi, and he was sort of moulded into a different position. Drafted in round 15 of the NFL draft but surprisingly enough he was 181 pick so you know you sort of think like geez he must have been pick 600 but anyway two time Super Bowl champ three time NFL champ Pro Bowl five times five times first team all pro uh, NFL 1960s all decade team Packers Hall of Fame and Pro Football uh, Hall of Fame now they didn't record sacks back then but it's widely thought that he had 
uh, in excess of 100 sacks. And they've even said that he says himself that he possibly has more than 120. And he tells this story, and I see this quoted everywhere, that Paul Hornung reminded him that in one season yep. he had 25 sacks, which is just ridiculous. How dominant is that? And I like it as well. If, if you've got the golden boys sticking up for you as well and saying it's true, <laughs> yeah. then you've probably got to believe him, haven't you? Yeah, even though we did look at golden boy in a previous history podcast, it was a whole thing about gambling and uh, all the dodgy dealings that go. So look at... Let's not go he's there. Actually still try, he's actually still trying to collect a bet in it. That's what it is. He did <laughs> yeah. have 25. I had a fiver on it. He had 25. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, man. No, Willie Davis is unbelievable. And you're right as well. He did uh, did bounce around some positions. Cause I think he was drafted by Cleveland, wasn't he? He was, yeah. Uh, and it didn't really work out there. I think he spent no. a couple of years before being traded to Green Bay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as, as I mean, so many players, didn't they, back then? Um, changed positions, you know, and uh, Lombardi maybe just saw something, changed it. Um, I think he was, as he said, he went to the offensive line whilst he was at Cleveland and then was sort of a bit of a mess when he got here and was uh, Lombardi sort of moulded him into what he was. Yeah. Well, that, I've so, read that, that book ends it, so I think we need to go in the middle. So, Well, look, look, this is where I'm going to bring some of the fans in because, right. uh, you, know, you know, I love the fans. I love the fans. So Kyle Cortex, Kabir is sneaky underrated, I reckon. Love that dude, right? Yeah. So... Okay. True. Rob Gardner. I would normally pick Reggie White. Well, you can pick Reggie White. He's already in, so you're good. Uh, but he loved KGB when he first started following Green Bay. Mm. So we must have started watching about the same time, I reckon, me and Rob, which means he must be young as well. <laughs> um, so, yeah, look, there's a couple of guys for Kabir, but, you know. It can't be, but he can't beat out Reggie. And, he, you know, well, he can in sacks, obviously, but, like, no, the impact he made, and he cannot beat out Willie Davis. There's absolutely no chance. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, lads. But you know what? I'm just saying I don't see Willie Davis mentioned on any of our comments, which is terrible. Yeah, and but, he got four uh, percent with fake guy, so it's yeah. I don't know. It's the recency bias. That's what we're gonna have to watch out for. Is the recency bias? Why can't we have three defensive ends play? No. Can they? Is that allowed? No, we have to Are get football it? hipster on. No veto, black ball. So KGB or Willie Davis? Willie You're not going to let me win this one, are you? Willie Davis, KGB. Look at the only time KGB ever comes up now is when you're talking about American politics and what they have on Donald Trump. So I don't want to go there. All right, I don't want to go there. Little little politics oh, joke. Topical. Kabir, if you're listening, Kabir, if you're listening, when we get out to Green Bay, remember I was the guy that picked you. Steve said he didn't want you, so yeah. but I still love you. All right. I'll say it to his face. Just no, saying. no, I won't. I'll say it to his face. I'm definitely not going to do that. But Kabir, so let's say. Uh, Right, we're going, right, let's try pick a nose tackle. You bring your guy to the table, I bring my guy to the table, and let's see, are they good enough for us to you know what? tell Capers to jog on and go 4 3? See, this, this is where it's tough. This is where it's tough because, yeah, I was playing for a 3 4. Right. Now, if we go for 4 3, uh, I've got one particular guy in mind at defensive tackle. And then if I'm thinking about a you know, the big guy, big nose tackle that's going to take up two offensive players. There's a particular name that comes to mind. Um, I don't know if he's the best in that position because I do feel there's probably some uh, older guys around. But the guy I like, and again, somebody I remember when I'm thinking back again, the first big guy mm. that I can remember would be Vonnie Holiday. Um, mm. Now, the only reason is, it's, uh, and it's, 
it's not because I think necessarily he's the best player in that position, but he's one of the guys I remember, uh, for, like I say, from when I first started watching. Um, and, uh, yeah, going on my sacks theory again, he had 32. I just remember the guy being absolutely giant, like the size of a of an apartment building um, just in the middle of the defensive line. He would he would soak up two, you know, two offensive linemen every time. He, he just seemed huge. And I don't know if he – I mean, he was a big guy, um, but whether he had huge pads on to go with it or anything else. But, you know, he's the kind of – I imagine if he stood in front of you, it would seem like the sun went down. Do you know what I mean? Because he would just cast a shadow over everybody. He was just immense, the size. And so I like that guy. I mean, there's there's other players that can play in the position that I'm sure have come up. Some of our comments, for example, mention uh, Santana Dotson, yeah. um, who I think also can play the position. Um, Matt Tisdale bringing up Santana there. So, you know, there's a bunch of guys in there that can do it. I don't know that I've particularly picked anybody yet because, as said, we were playing a 3-4 and you've changed the rules. Um, yeah, Gilbert Brown. So, Gilbert Brown. I'm going to throw it out there. We're talking big dudes. Gilbert Brown. Right. So Gilbert Brown. I love Gilbert Brown. Good player, obviously. Big dude. Fan of the podcast. We had him on. Absolute fan of the podcast. Yeah, we know he's listening. How you doing, Gilbert? Uh, but... I don't know if he deserves to go in the all-time team. Did he do enough, or did he just have an awesome nickname? I think it's twofold. He had an awesome nickname. He was a big dude. They, had, they named the burger after him. Uh, he's charismatic as be damned, be Jesus. Uh, but that's about seven. Uh, and the other one was, is that he played uh, with the minister. So everyone's going to make you look better on the line if you're playing with the minister. So yep. it's, is it one of those things like JJ Watt makes the rest of his players look better? Is it the same with Reggie? But look at like six foot two, three hundred and forty pounds. Dear Jesus, talk about a run stopper just by being alive. You know what I mean? It's just as a standard. Hell yeah, yeah, great guy. But like, that's not who I'm even thinking either, Ryan. If I could throw a name out to you, uh, well, actually, come on then. Let's let's replace Winter Jordan, <laughs> whatever name you had, Henry Henry Winter, oh, with the brilliant. real dude. With the real dude, Henry Jordan, make the team. Has to make the team. Well, this is the guy I was thinking of for defensive tackle, mm. for sure. So, yeah, I think you got a pretty good. I mean, if he's Packers Hall of Fame, he's Hall of Fame proper, yeah. um, f- four Pro Bowls. Uh, don't yeah. know. He's, he, he was marked some of the. Yeah, some of the notes on him are that he was uh, quick, durable, and intelligent, which uh, I like. So. Seems like he ticks a lot of the boxes. But yeah, Henry Jordan um, was one of the guys I've got written down here. But convince me. Tell me why he should be the guy that's got to go in there. Uh, well, dominant. I mean, he was one of the main stalwarts on the Packers D. Uh, when you know we became title town, when Lombardi came to town. Uh, as well as that, this is another guy uh, like Campman, like KGB, drafted in the fifth round in 1957. Again by the Browns because we, you know, we post an awful lot of players from the Browns. Uh, traded two years later to the Packers um, for, a, for a fourth round draft choice so even then like he wasn't seen as great but when he came to the Packers he was in four Pro Bowls 60, 61, 63, 66 uh, he was a it says Pro Bowl MVP but who cares um, he was on the All NFL team six times uh, he was the defensive leader for the Packers at that time and he won five of the six NFL titles um, while he was in Green Bay yeah, again, this I mean, is that's a... just pretty impressive in itself, isn't yeah. it? Five out of six of the NFL championships. 
Ridiculous. And as well as that, the guy was seen kind of as this outgoing guy. Uh, after his playing career, he became a motivational and after-dinner speaker. So a really likable guy. He seemed like to be the heart and soul of that defense. And that's saying a lot, Ryan, since an awful lot of these dudes are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, you know. And this guy comes up time and time again when people are talking about that, you know, all Packers team. Um, and it's a sad story about him as well. I mean, he died at age 42, heart attack, went out jogging. Um, so, you know, died young, life was cut short. And I don't know, would he have got into coaching? Would he have not? Uh, it's a bit tragic. But yeah, two-time Super Bowl champ, seven times All-Pro four times pro bowler five times nfl champ the stats speak for themselves and the fact that he was the anchor of that d i reckon he has to go on i think he's definitely in there as well um i guess if uh, if i can take any any solace from losing aaron campman the fact he wore 74 gets my 74 in there um so yeah let's do it let's put him in there um that would obviously complete our defense yeah if we stay at a three four hmm so it currently then sits at Willie Davis at right defensive end, Reggie White at left defensive end, and Henry Jordan as the defensive tackle. Now, do you want another defensive tackle? Are you going to go 4-3? Who's left? Let's talk about who's left that we still think needs to be in there, mm. and then we can decide if we're going to change our defense to suit it. Like, like we've already mentioned, Vonnie Holiday, Gilbert Brown, Santana Dotson, um, there's probably a bunch. I mean, defensive ends. We, I think you could go on all day, yeah. couldn't you? For for what defensive ends you could put in there. But obviously, we were only going with two because you can only have two. Or, you can only have two ends. Mm. Um, you know. So let's let's look other defensive tackles or nose tackles. Then um, one guy I have to say as well. Another little honourable mention to a uh, guy called John Martinkovic just because I know every now and again we like to bring up a get guy that's got a great name so Martinkovic was pretty good uh, just just thought I'd shout him out there um, so yeah tell me who you got who else can go in at defensive tackle or nose tackle uh, well we have one of your favourites Ryan Pickett do you want to give him a shout out yeah Ryan Pickett, I liked. He he had a, he was a good free agent pickup. I think he came from St. Louis, I believe. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. I'm I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with it and let everyone tell me if I'm wrong. No, we did. Um, so I think we picked him up from St. Louis um, for as a defensive tackle. He then played a little bit of defensive end. Um, he was a good player. He caused a lot of problems. Come in was did a lot of good things. Uh, played at the same sort of time as BJ. Um, I think almost acted as a sort of a sort of big brother figure for some of the younger guys on the line at the time, somebody they could learn from, but at the same time could still absolutely produce mm. on the defensive line. But I don't think, um, no disrespect to him, I, I don't think he makes this team. Yeah. Um, well, I tell you, if I B, can... BJ, just while yeah. we mentioned BJ, sorry, just to jump in there, BJ was actually mentioned a lot mm. by our fans. Um, and again, I think that comes down to a bit, as we keep saying with this, you know, the, the, the fact that he's very recent uh, and he's very much in people's minds. OK, so BJ Raji comes up a lot. Um, I think as well, the fact he's very entertaining. I mean, the, the who did it? Um, loved that. We loved it when, you know, he runs the interception in that he gets. We love it when he, they put him in at fullback, I think, at one point, didn't they? You know, great character to have on the team. But mm. I think, unfortunately... He had one or two big seasons, and then I think after that, it kind 
detailed away, and then to leave the game in the way he did yeah. probably takes him away from the team as well. Yeah, kind of a strange ending. Uh, really fell off in the end, and there was that whole talk that they, for a year they played him in a position and then tried to move him back, but he was never the same. I'm going to make a shout for pulling us from a 3-4 to a 4-3. you got to convince me, because we haven't come up with somebody yet. Well, you see, the thing is, is I'm a bit of a Packers history buff. I like, I like that whole gear. You know, I like going back to the olden times when the game was super tough. You could beat the lard out of each other. Uh, I'm going to go with Dave Hanner, uh, one of the biggest defensive players in the NFL back in the early 50s. The guy was six foot two, 257-ish pounds. Um, there's a cool photo of him, actually. They call him Hog, H-A-W-G, yeah. um, because this dude, like, he was absolutely ridiculously huge now you have to bear in mind that you know he's playing against lads who would have been much smaller than this now today maybe he'd be seen as a small dude but six foot two 257 mm-hmm. pounds uh drafted in 1952 by the packers and if you think back that was the year that we drafted bay perilli uh bill houghton uh bobby dylan and you know so it was a pretty talented draft class and again we picked them up in the fifth round I mean which is pretty crazy but the guy's yeah, career not... yeah like fifth rounders I don't know what it is but Ryan the guy's career in Green Bay I mean Jesus he's he was with this Green Bay this is my favourite step yeah longer than we were alive right 13 years as a player <laughs> uh, and 30 as an assistant coach and scout so 43 years he was with the one organisation which is pretty nuts uh, when you That's think about it but I mean look, yeah. at, look at the guy I mean he went from just the absolute muck that was the 50s into into the Lombardi era. He's known for his work ethic. He was a big dude anyway. Uh, you know, his loyalty to his teammates, everyone sort of harks on about how the guy was just a stand-up guy. Uh, so to go from the 50s into Vince Lombardi in the 60s, uh, then coach into the 70s and 80s, you know, even the Super Bowl success then of the mid-90s is just that the... the career he had was absolutely insane now to look at his durability and how important he was out of a possible 164 regular season games between 1952 and 64 the guy played in 160 so he only ever missed four games which is just absolutely crazy so he's a two-time nfl champion two-time pro bowler he's in the green bay packer hall of fame and you know, when you when you sort of scout around on these sites for, for what people were saying about him and looking at what all the old dudes were saying, this guy comes up again and again and again. Uh, Jerry Kramer, to quote him, says, he was an honourable human being, a man with a lot of class, and he always had a joke and a smile. Um, he said everyone respected Hogg because of his work ethic and the quality of human being he was. So, again, another guy who was absolutely integral. Uh, to that defense loved by his peers and another quote by uh, I think it was Paul Hornung said it he said that this guy was pretty much unmovable couldn't move him there's no way you get around mm-hmm. this guy go through him so I reckon he makes an honorable shout uh, yeah. at, at defensive tackle and I think, if he can make it a 4-3 runner. yeah I think it's with guys like this is why I love doing these because not only does it, we get to put a podcast together but I continually get to learn more and more about the Green Bay Packers this is a player that I don't I guess most of us would admit we probably hadn't heard of. Mm. I, or I, I'll say that I certainly hadn't heard of. the. Obviously, the, the American fans, they probably go, yeah, we've heard of him. But certainly, I would think that most of the British guys, probably not one of the the more famous names from the past. And yet, he's had 42 years with the Green Bay Packers in different roles as player, coach, scout, and so on. And as you said, has seen some of the biggest names in the games, either playing with or coaching under, yeah. um, playing under even 
you know so he's really seen it all um and i think absolutely you're right i think this guy could be your argument for for the 4-3 defense so do we plug him in i think it's time well let me give we you need a, to make a decision let me give you a story right about the last story about this guy and tell me if he deserves a spot after this story i get the feeling this is going to be good it's going to be good Willie Davis, so he played alongside Willie Davis. So again, there were a 4-3 defense at the time. So Willie Davis played alongside the guy. The guy. So they're playing a game in New Orleans, right? Or New Orleans. And Davis said it was hot. It was muggy. It was humid. And it was just, there was heat. Like everyone was suffering from heat exhaustion. But none other than Dave Hanner. I mean, the guy was huge, right? So they're, they're lining up um, against the opposing team. And because of the heat exhaustion, Dave Hanner throws up out of his helmet, projectiles right onto the guy's hand that he's lining up against, right? The offensive lineman <laughs> jumps up as if to say, Jesus Christ, that's gross. And he gets the penalty. <laughs> and Dave Hanner... Yeah, the false start. And Dave Hanner doesn't miss a beat. He hangs in there for the whole game and they end up winning. I mean, if that doesn't get the guy in as uh, on our team, I don't know what does. That, well, it's done it for me. It's done it for me. <laughs> Let's hope people aren't uh, eating okay. their breakfast when they're listening so, to the pod. The only thing we have to say is by cheating tonight and putting four on our defensive line, we've only now made the made the job for putting in our linebackers a lot harder because they've gone down to three players. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, okay, I absolutely agree with doing it. So we're going to go four on our defensive line. So we have, just to recap, Willie Davis, defensive end, Reggie White, the other defensive end, Henry Jordan, a defensive tackle, mm-hmm. and Dave Hanna. So there you go, guys. So this week we listened to our fans who voted for Reggie White by, I think, a landslide, 89%. I think it still is now, yeah. 89%. Um, Jordan, 4%, sort of. <laughs> Davis, 4%. Woody Davis got a little bit. Um, KGB you ignored, which I'm still not particularly happy about. But okay. <laughs> And uh, and Dave Hanna's got in there after changing our defense to a four three. So, I think great shout. So those four players are now going to join Bart Starr. I wonder how many by the time we get to the end is how many sixties era players are going to be on this team. A lot, maybe. A I lot. think there might be just a few. There's certainly plenty more that can get on it that yeah. we haven't even mentioned yet. So, are you happy with that? I'm happy with that. And uh, what position are we get? Well, I say we, but what position is? Are we going to pick next? I reckon we switch back to offense. I reckon we go running back. Ooh. It's a tough one. I think uh, I'm going to say this. Running back will be an easy decision. <laughs> Probs not. But that's the thing. Probably and I mean, not. Considering there's four names in the 60s, I think, that you could have put in there that had massive, massive, uh, um, you know, because everyone's going to think uh, Jim Taylor, Paul Horning. But then actually you've got, all the other dudes and, and guys that, that ran for touchdowns and scored important points and, mm. you know, that's going to be unreal. Just a pick, Even if you said to us, just pick the best running back in the 60s. Yeah. Um, but we're doing all time. And you got, obviously, the likes of Amon Green and, well, that's going to be difficult. We're going to have to debate. F- fullback or running back? I mean, you know, are we going for two? Does one of them qualify? Is John Kuhn going to sneak in there, you know, because we can't have... Yeah, I yeah. think... I think I like old-fashioned ground-and-pound football, and for that you need a true fullback. And so we need to have a distinction between somebody who is basically a running back, um, but like a full-time running back, and those who are more a full-time fullback. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll have to be quite careful. There'll be there may be some players, especially as you go into the earlier years, and some of them are even referred to as fullbacks. However, they were used very much in the modern day running back style. So that could be interesting as we try and make the definition between those two. So yeah, it's been fun, Rhino. It's been difficult, uh, but it's been fun. But look, at I think we've seen that you know if you're at the top of your profession, you're doing well. You're a big guy. Uh, you know you really suck at the people. You're loyal. That's an important thing that we've noted here on our D line as well. You're gritty. You're tough. You're durable. And if all that else fails, you know just puke on your opponent and you're gonna get in. Cool. It sounds like you're uh, describing either myself or Matt Tisdale, to be honest. <laughs> That's why we like Matt Tisdale. Hangs in there after a bit of a puke sesh. Good on you, Matty. <laughs> good on you. Ah, nice one. Well, yeah, good night. Yeah. So look, at uh, till next time, uh, it's going to be a little bit of a different uh, podcast the next couple of weeks uh, with the absence of Mr. Ryan J. Peacock. But anyway... Don't not listen in. Come on, geez, don't hurt my feelings. From myself, at the NFL on Twitter, from the group, at UK Packers, and from me old buddy, me old pals, at Ryan Peacock, and I felt see you, buddy. Bye-bye.